O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Thou hast been my help. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord." Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me, and answer me. Thou hast been my help. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation.
The Old Testament lesson for this fifth Sunday after Trinity is written in the 19th chapter of the first book of the Kings, beginning at the 11th verse. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake a fire passed, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire there was a still, small voice. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of armies. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. The Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. Anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, to be the king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, to be prophet in your place. He who escapes from the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill, and he who escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha, will kill. Yet I reserved seven thousand in Israel, all the knees of which have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. So he departed from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. Elijah went over to him and put his mantle on him. Elisha left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me please kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. He said to him, Go back, for what have I done to you? He returned from following him, and took the yoke of oxen, and killed them, and boiled their meat with the instruments of the oxen, and gave to the people, and they ate. Then he arose, and went after Elijah, and served him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the third chapter of the first epistle of St. Peter, beginning at the eighth verse. Brothers, finally, all of you, be like-minded, compassionate, loving as brothers, tender-hearted, courteous, not rendering evil for evil or insult for insult, but instead blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who will harm you if you become imitators of that which is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Don't fear what they fear, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts." Always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you a reason concerning the hope that is in you, with humility and fear. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. O Lord God of hosts, 
hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, the king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation how greatly shall he rejoice. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now, while the multitude pressed on Jesus and heard the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered him, Master, we worked all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great multitude of fish, and their net was breaking. They beckoned to their partners in the other boat that they should come and help them. They came and filled the boats, so that they began to sink. But Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord. For he was amazed, and all who were with him, at the catch of fish which they had caught. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to him, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people alive. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Here end the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gospel begins on one occasion while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And in Luke chapter 5, our Lord is early here in his ministry. He's been tempted. He's been rejected at Nazareth. He's healed many, including Peter's mother-in-law, and has been preaching in Galilee. And although it's early in his ministry, already the report about him has gotten out, and the crowds around him were so large that they were pressing in on him to the point where he might fall into the lake. Luckily, though, as these crowds follow him, press in on him, he sees two boats that he can use to step away from the crowd and teach. Although it really isn't luck, is it? Our Lord had all this prepared. It's just that no one knew about it. And so the gospel goes on. It says, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word I will let down the nets. 
Now our Lord here knows exactly what he's doing. He hops into Simon Peter's boat. He just invites himself in. He doesn't ask Simon Peter if he can get in. He just does it. And it's really pretty bold. But then he does ask Peter to put out a little from land, and so Peter does. And the reason why our Lord does this is pretty simple. He can now preach from the boat without the crowds pressing in on him. And with the boat separated from the crowds in the water, he's created a little amphitheater. He can speak. His His voice will reflect and bounce off the water. It'll go farther, carry farther, and his voice will be heard by many more people. In a certain sense, he can cast a bigger net with his word. To catch more years. Which is all pretty normal. But the next thing our Lord does is rather strange. He turns to Peter and he tells Peter. He doesn't ask Peter here. He just tells him to put out the boat into deeper waters and throw out the net. Imagine if you're Peter. He's worked hard all night. Night. All night he's been pulling the net in and out of the water to catch fish. He's worked the graveyard shift doing this all night. And finally, at the end of a long, fruitless shift, he comes back to the shore. He washes the nets. He repairs that giant net. He folds it and puts it away. He's probably tired and hungry from a long night of work. He's about to go home and rest. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just hops into his boat and says he needs to use it to teach. To be fair to Peter, he probably wanted to hear Jesus preach, and Jesus, after all, did heal his mother-in-law, so Peter does it. And then Jesus turns to Peter at the end of his teaching and says, yeah, um, Peter, one more thing. Remember how you worked hard all night trying to catch fish by throwing the net in the water? Well, although you didn't catch any fish all night, I want you to do that exact same thing now. I want you to get that net back out and throw it in one more time. Imagine if Jesus was doing this to you. You end your work shift after a long day. You're about to close up shop, and here our Lord comes saying, I need to use your business to teach for a few more hours. You can't really say no to Jesus, so you'd let him do it. But then imagine, as he's finishing teaching, he looks at you and says, One more thing, you remember that car you weren't able to fix all day, or do you remember that class of kids that wouldn't seem to listen as you were teaching that math problem today? Imagine that that sick animal you've been working on, but you can't figure out what's wrong with him. Or when you go out into the fields with your tractor, your tractor broke down, you don't know what's wrong with it. Well, even though none of that worked, I want you to go back and do exactly the same thing you've been doing for the past 10 hours. If it was anyone else, Peter and all of us would tell them to get lost. But this is our Lord. He teaches the word and he heals. So Peter says, at your word, I will let down the nets. He doesn't sound too excited, but he'll do it. He doesn't feel too excited because he's failed all night and Jesus' actions here just seem so random, so nonsensical. But Jesus is preparing something good for those who love him, even though they can't see it. And so the gospel continues. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. 
But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. As the Lord spoke and as Peter threw out the net, all of the invisible good that our Lord was preparing now manifests itself. After a night of fruitless work, now at the Lord's word, their nets became full and bursting with fish. And it was so heavy that the men in the boat had to call for help, and both boats began to sink. And in this story here, everyone is working hard to drag in that large net of fish. All those men were working hard, except for Peter, who just stares at our Lord, falls down at his knees. But he doesn't call Jesus Master. He calls Jesus Lord here, because he's beginning to see who Jesus is. And so out of fear, he says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He knows Jesus is holy, and he is not. He's afraid to be around Jesus. His heart's full of fear. And our Lord at this point could have walked away from Peter. He could have sent Peter away. He could have condemned Peter and threw Peter out of the boat. But instead our Lord says, do not be afraid. As if he's telling Peter, I have more than fish to give you. You are a sinner, but now, just as I filled your boat with fish, so will I pour into you into your heart my love don't be afraid i forgive you your sins that's what's captured in those few words do not be afraid our lord with these simple words has taken the sin of peter from him and then has poured in peter's heart the love of god he says do not be afraid these are not empty words these are words filled with the cross There on the cross, the drought of our sin hung on our Lord, heavier and more numerous than the drought of fish which sunk the boats. There at the cross, people were astonished, but more so than at the fish. They were astonished because the Son of God in the flesh cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There he died, bled for you and me, in love, sacrificing himself for us, for our sins. So that as we confess our sins to him, as we did this morning, we know how he will respond. His response is, do not be afraid. I I forgive you your sins. And with these same words, our hearts of stone are replaced with hearts filled and overflowing with the love Christ shows here. On our own, we can't work all night and all day. I'm sorry, on our own, we can try to work all night and all day for days, weeks, months, and years. But none of our own work can lead us to love God and truly love others. We try to crowd ourselves in our life with our works, but there's the law always pressing on our conscience, pressing the guilt of our sin against us until we fall down on our knees. Because our works will never lead us to love and sacrifice. But with these simple words that Jesus speaks, do not be afraid, all sin is forgiven as Christ's blood presses in on us and our hearts are filled with divine love that changes us. Which is why the gospel finishes this way this morning. 
Jesus says to Peter, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Notice our Lord doesn't say, Peter, don't be afraid. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. See you later. Hope you have a good one. He doesn't do that. When our Lord forgives, he doesn't leave Peter or us aimless in this new life. Instead, he says, Peter, you're forgiven, you're saved. Now in this forgiveness, take the net of my word and bring droughts of men into my church. And while we ourselves are not apostles, Christ does the same for us. He says, you're forgiven. Now in that forgiveness, go be a husband and father to your family and bring them to me at church. You're forgiven. Now go live in your neighborhood and get to know the people there around you. Get to know the people I put in your life. Love them and invite them to me at church. You're forgiven. Now in that forgiveness, go be a faithful farmer, a faithful mechanic, teacher, handyman, pastor, so on. But notice how this happens. By the word of Christ. And it's rather funny. In our time, churches can become obsessed with programs, especially evangelism programs and methods. Churches pour thousands of dollars into the newest fads and programs. They're kind of like diet programs that people pour money into, except for churches. It's kind of like being a fisherman and choosing and buying the best man-made nets you can find. And the net sellers all promise this net will help you catch the most fish. But really, they're all the same. And year after year, old programs, old nets, die and are forgotten while new and more exciting ones pop up with the same marketing strategies, the same prices, the same price tags, and the same, the same promises. We've had our own Lutheran programs in our church body, things such as Ablaze, and right now our, our district and others are having programs starting, trying to convince young people to enter church work. The, the intent is good. But all these programs are like the disciples working all night and not catching any fish. The vast majority of these programs promise that some new man-made trick or strategy or just the right words, if you just follow the script, that it will change everything and it will fill your pews. But they don't. They never deliver. Because such programs put the emphasis and focus on our efforts. Thinking we can convert people. Thinking it is us who bring people to the faith and into church vocations. Thinking that we at night can fill the boat ourselves. But all those programs are just different man-made nets which all leave us in fruitless works. The nets themselves don't bring the fish. Because the only thing that works is the Word. The Word alone. The Word alone was the divine net which brought all those people to hear Jesus at the shore of that lake. The Word alone is what brought in that drought of fish. The Word alone is what forgave Peter, and the Word alone called Peter and John and James to become fishers of men. Look at how powerful the Word is. Not just in bringing people to hear Jesus or bringing fish into the boat. Here is Peter, his boat filled with more fish than he ever could have imagined. Peter's business, his fishing business, right at that moment looks pretty good. You might as well have put sacks of gold in his boat, because that's what he sees when he sees the fish. Gold, money, 
That's how he makes his living. Why would he leave those two boats full of fish? If you as a farmer harvested a yield 50 times higher than the average year, if you have a banker were suddenly swimming in cash that just suddenly came in, if you as a teacher suddenly found that you were teaching everything perfectly with little effort so the students understood, if your boss came into your office and suddenly multiplied your salary by 10, would you leave your work? Would you leave your work for the smaller wages of church work if someone was nagging at you all the time to become a pastor or to take care of the poor? Probably not. We alone can't change people's hearts. But the Word of Christ does. And so Peter, James, and John left all the riches in that boat and followed Christ. Their hearts changed. They were forgiven. Their hearts were changed. It was the Word alone. The Word alone is the only holy thing we have. With the water, the Word drowns the old man so that the new man may be pulled into the new boat of the church. The Word proclaimed that is preached on Sunday morning, taught in Bible class, taught in catechesis, that's what forgives and saves. That's what sets our hearts into our vocations. For our young men, if we want them to consider the ministry, then there must be spaces for them to hear the Word as young men, to hear that call and spaces where they can grow up. Maybe such as like acolyte groups. And for our young ladies, they must have spaces also to hear the word as young ladies, to hear that they're forgiven, and in that forgiveness to hear their call to serve the church and those in need. If we do not find spaces for our young men to hear the word, for our young women to hear the word, for any of you to hear the word, then we shouldn't be surprised that there are no men to lead and no women to serve. They have to hear the word. Because we can only be forgiven and called into godly vocations, which is maybe at home or at work or in the church. We can only be called into godly vocations by the Word. The Word that says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. May we be surrounded by this Word always. And now may we come to eat and drink the flesh and blood of our Lord to be forgiven and filled with His love at this altar. Amen. Of the apostles, pray.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, who has prepared for them that love you such good things as surpass man's understanding, pour into our hearts such love toward you, that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, 
that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our president, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, 
but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.